Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. We're going to be talking about Josh Jacobs and Dana White, Marcus Mariota rumors, and then giving a little free agency wish list before we uh, kick things off on Tuesday. But first things first, how are you doing, Jose? You watched the fight this weekend? Oh, yeah, always, dude. Fight night was crazy. I mean, did you, did you watch it? Did you ever get like a little snippet of it? Uh, I usually just kind of – I'm not a big UFC or boxing guy, so I just kind of watch the, the highlights on Twitter. But I saw that girl's forehead like oh, triple in size. You know what? I'm not a big – you know, I was never a big UFC fighter. But since we have the package here now, I just like, you know, invite a couple of friends or like, you know, my cousin. It was just me and my cousin last night, and we watched it. And um, they overall were good fights except for like the main card for, you know, Yoel Romero and the other guy. That was pretty complete garbage. But – you know, yeah, the two, the two female, the, the females that fought, you know, the Jang Wei Li, and I, I'm not even gonna t- attempt to pronounce the other, the other lady's name. That was the craziest fight, one of the top fights I've seen since I started watching UFC hardcore the last two years. I mean, dude, it was just straight. I'm staying on my feet, type of deal. <laughs> I have no. It's kind of cool too, cause like, it's like, wow, if someone like this, which is not even one of my favorite sports, I have no gambling wager on any of this, could get me to stand up on my feet. Something was going on good then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So yeah, yeah that I mean, was pretty. That's pretty dope, man. I wish too. You, you would have liked it too, even though you're not a big UFC guy. Just pretty much anyone. It was pretty dope. Yeah, it's one of those things for me where like I like watching it when it's on, but I'm typically not gonna pay for it. Not, not, not no. into it enough. But yeah, I mean, I feel. Yeah, like, I mean, works out. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about the fight. But, but so, uh, since. Yeah, since we're on UFC, there's also a there was Dana White news, and not because of UFC. Uh, do you know what kind of news I'm talking about? Uh, I believe you're talking about <laughs> the the Raiders' new top recruiter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, for those of you who didn't see it, I, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're on Twitter and uh, had access to the video. But Dana White went on Instagram basically the last, what, two weeks or so has been recruiting uh, Tom Brady pretty heavily and had Josh Jacobs on and mm-hmm. brought up bringing Brady to the Raiders. And I mean – you know, take away what you want from it, but Jacob seemed pretty damn excited. I'm curious, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, that well, it's safe to say that he does not want Derek Carr there. <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah. come on, man. He's probably just, I mean, let's not read too much into it. He's probably just yeah. thinking like, man, I'm like, how you? How, this guy's younger than us. This guy's like 21, 22 years old or whatever, yeah. and he's probably he's seen Tom Brady grow up just like us now, and it's like that would be pretty dope to say, hey, yeah. I had Dakota as my teammate, man. You know, that's yeah. that's that's still pretty dope to see as you know, as a young kid, you know, you're playing out there. That, that'd be dope to see. I mean I mean I don't think it's a total slight to Derek or whatever. He's just like, hey man, it's just you get an opportunity to play with the goat, you get to play with the goat. The same way that Derek Carr is like, at least I could tell my kids I threw practice balls to A B, you know, it's the same it's kind of like <laughs> the same little bit, although I'm not trying to compare A B to Brady in a sense, but just the way those two like valued, you know, hey, I had them as teammate and that'd, that'd be a pretty cool sight. Yeah, I mean I agree with you 100%. Like, like I think someone else pointed it out. Like, Josh Jacobs, what, 22 years old? Like, he yeah. was born when the Brady started to get his rise. Like, for his – I mean, I don't know if Josh Jacobs was a Pats fan or anything growing up. It wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, that was the guy that he looked up to and someone he gets to – has a chance to play with. I mean, no disrespect to Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is not Brady. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing it is, like, kind of concerning or what, like, you joked at the beginning is, like, 
is Derek Carr is still the guy's teammate, and that's basically like <laughs> openly recruit or not openly recruiting, but kind of like flirting with a flirting with a girl on that you see at a bar when you have a girlfriend at home. I mean, you get any any sort of like negativity from that of like maybe not having your teammates back from you. Well, I mean, Derek should just you know stop being a little sensitive, Sally, and realize, <laughs> hey, even though you're the quarterback, best position in football, you're not the best player on your team. Josh Jacobs is, so whatever he says, go. So you better bow down. You know, you know what daddy yeah. says, go what the alpha says, go, you know. So Josh Jacobs, he's the leader of that team. It's not Derek, no matter what people want to think, what the C says on his chest, that team goes as far as yeah. Josh goes. And, you know, it was evident last season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent. Like if you're placing a priority, if Derek's got a problem with it, I feel like at this point you got to go with you got to go with Jacobs at this point. Yeah, like, all right, sure. you have a problem with it, Derek, then. See you, man. We save money by not having you on the roster. We lose money mm-hmm. by not having Josh. And Josh is basically our entire offense last year. Yep. With, so if Josh but was yeah. on, the team was on. If your Derek was on, eh, which was hardly ever. And if he was on, it was thanks because of Josh. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I feel like we've uh, exhausted that enough, given that enough attention. I want to want to move on to a little bit of football news. The other news we had was uh from Marcus Mariota. Raiders reportedly interested in him. I got to be honest, you know, I grew up or I am a big Oregon fan. I love Marcus Mariota coming out of college. Um, you know, I'd be pretty hyped if he was. I might have to get another backup quarterback jersey if uh, if that happens. Mm. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I think if they do bring in Mariota, he's definitely going to be an upgrade over Mike Glennon or um, Deshaun Kaiser or unfortunately my guy nate pete but um i mean i don't i'm not saying that's not exactly saying much but what do you, what do you think about it what is like is he a backup to you is he someone that can push car like what do you what are your thoughts he's definitely someone that can push car i mean anytime you bring in someone who was once a starter and like hey we're bringing this guy in then should be i should tell him like what the hell this guy yeah. was a former first round pick you know top pick and now he's sitting behind me and which means like hey i don't have much breathing room which is Good, yeah. You don't have much breathing room, Derek. There's a reason why they're <laughs> looking for Brady this offseason and not looking to commit to you. So I, I totally 100% love the move. You know, bring in someone. Why not? Change the scenery could help him. You know, maybe the off, you know, hope maybe he worked on some things, realizing, hey, I got benched. You know, this is yeah. my last chance. You know, sometimes that helps quarterbacks. Sometimes, I mean, young players at this stage, when they get that little humbling act, like, damn, I really need to pick it up. So maybe he's improved a little bit. You know, um, yeah, it's just, you know, why not bring them in? And if anything, it'll help fuel car. If not, then, hey, kick the kick the tires on Mariota and see what happens, especially if you're not able to get Brady or, you know, you don't draft anyone. Then it's definitely worth a shot. Why not? At least he has his legs that he can, you know, give a little spark to the offense on that end, at least. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I definitely think, you know, he's like I said, he's going to be an improvement over the backup situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I could I mean, like you said, he was a starter a year ago, although it was. A dramatic difference when Tannehill took over and I mean Marcus definitely struggled last year the one of the most concerning things for me though about bringing in Marcus and as far as his future is one of the biggest knocks on Carr is his fire and his drive and one of the biggest knocks on Marcus Mariota has always been his fire and his drive he's kind of always been that reserved guy and it's like are you okay you're getting Derek Carr with you know some more legs which I think Jeff Gruden's going to like, but you're not really getting that fiery competitor that uh, Gruden seems to want. And that's, I think, probably more than anything on the field what I would kind of scratch my head about as far as yeah. him taking him over. Well, that's why um, you hope that because if he he did get that benching and, hey, your, your team that drafted you is kicking you away now, 
that you do hope that all right that does change things and you know trigger something in their brains you know whatever the whatever their focus is and this is the point in time where you really get to realize what kind of player he is what kind of character and how he views football at this point like hey i, I just gotta let go i was a top pick yeah. so where am i gonna yeah. go now this is gonna be your last shot you know essentially you know other positions <clears throat> other positions in a Football get sometimes a little bit more of a shot than a starting quarterback because it's either at this point, hey, Mary, you're either going to be a backup for the rest of your career or yeah. this is going to be your last shot. So it, it's a good chance to see, like, hey, do, do you actually want to play ball or are you just looking for a paycheck to sit behind, you know, average quarterbacks and just, you know, wait, hold the clipboard the whole time? Um, yeah, it definitely will be telling at this point. But uh, personally, yeah, bring them in. Why not, man? Why not? Yeah. When you're a team that needs upgrade any position you know like mayock says hey we're evaluating everything that's one way you know it's probably not the answer who knows but you'll never know unless you don't try yeah i mean yeah definitely i mean hopefully you know getting cut and getting getting the reality check he got last year definitely lights a fire under him but let me ask you this if they bring in Mariota, do you think that eliminates the possibility of bringing in a draft or do you think they still bring in somebody or what are, what are your thoughts for the future prospects? Like, is Mariota stopping them from getting, you know, maybe a, a Jordan Love and just pulling a name out of a hat? No, right they, sh- they should never do that. I mean, free agency is always just a contingency, you know? <clears throat> mm. Just because you sign someone that doesn't mean you just, oh, like, especially if it's a great player, it's a value deal. Like, hey, this is a good-ass quarterback, and we're picking, you know, whatever, whatever, pick, whatever slot they're going to pick at. Do we just say, nah, because we signed Mariota, or do we take a chance? Definitely take that chance 100% of the time. It's the same reason why I hate that the Raiders still didn't draft a wide receiver just because they had AB. I mean, I understand they got Renfro in the later rounds was great, but you know, still, hey, you should have should have looked to get another receiver. I mean, you know, the past is the past, but it, it felt like because they had AB, they avoided receiver in the draft until they got to Renfro. <clears throat> and now that you, it's like you know, free agency is a contingency. It's a nice answer at certain positions depending on the player you get, but overall, it's not. You don't win in free agency. It's the draft. You, you figure it out. Although maybe they should avoid drafting a quarterback because, you know, I have zero faith that Gruden can develop one. And essentially, <laughs> you know, every you know, every player is an unfinished product in the draft mostly, but especially quarterbacks. No one's ever a complete product, and I just don't see Gruden ever to get someone to elevate his gameplay exponentially, maybe just a little better because of his system, but I, I don't trust him to do that. But, I mean, you know, if you're looking at it from a personnel standpoint, a front office, then, yeah, you definitely have to draft that quarterback if he's there. Yeah. I mean, I'll ask you this. You know, if we're talking money-wise, where would you balk at the idea of bringing in Mariota? Would it be, you know, if you say he brought it, came in for $8 million, is that going to be too rich for your blood? Or is, what are you thinking? Because I just looked it up. Mike Glennon makes about one and a half, like $2 million. He might. Eight million might be a little too much, but I mean, I don't even think he might not be able to get that because, you know, they pretty much his resume spoke for himself. He wasn't playing good, and the moment he got benched, and they up they elevated Tannehill, and that team took flight. That was that took an even bigger shot at his any yeah. any negotiating power for him. It's not just that he wasn't playing well and didn't show progression, but the moment that happened, oh my God, that just ruined him even more. You know, it's just. Yeah. It would have been one thing if they just took, like, you know, they were still teetering and they were a little good, but they, they took flight. They soared. And Tannehill was clearly, I know Derrick Henry was still running lights out, and the moment they put him in, it's all, well, Mariota, what the hell was your deal, dude? And <laughs> I don't, I mean, $8 million he might get, because, especially from the Raiders, because they might not care. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, they got one of the best, what, I think they're in the top 10 salary cap space. Why not, dude? Just check them out, especially if, once again, you don't get Brady. Um, it's worth something, you know? Yeah. 
you know, there's no such thing as really overpaying too much for your quarterback. Um, I know some people like like to, you know, scoff the idea of like giving Dak any more than like 30 million annually or something like that. But it's like, hey, Doc is still a pretty good quarterback. And yeah. it's like, you know, the, what you're going to do, hit the reset button and hope that they can find someone good. You know, they, when you got someone that's good enough, you have to try and like build around that while also still look for upgrading options. And that's what they're doing right now with Carr. It's like, hey, Carr is decent and does have good moments, but. I mean, yeah, like like you, Yankee kind of pointed out, you know, obviously the problem in Tennessee was Mariota. It was a dramatic difference, and it's just, and I, I think hopefully that does kind of kill his value. I mean, not for him, but for the Raiders' perspective. But yeah, I, I feel like anything more than that though is like you're if you're getting like if he's thinking like the eight ten million range, it's it's almost you gotta walk. Yeah, there's no way in hell he's just yeah, gonna have to I, take a deal on a one year deal and just. Yeah, I don't know exactly. where he finds out. Maybe some team brings him in a quarterback competition. I mean, it, it will be a competition with the Raiders, but I don't think – I think predominantly they're just going to give it to Carr and just let him play his way out of it because, you yeah, know, exactly. at that yeah. point, Gruden's trying to maybe <clears> – <throat> the fact he started taking that one, that one time, that post-game conference where he said, hey, I want our quarterback to take shots. And, yeah. you know, that maybe like a little subtle hit to push Carr a little bit. Um, it feels like maybe he's realizing, hey, I'm exhausting all my options to get this guy to improve. So this is maybe another way. Maybe, you know, <clears throat> send a message through actions, which is usually the best way. And his action is going to be, we're bringing in Mariota. You know, you're yeah. safe right now, but hey, you got someone lurking, so you better not fuck up. So it's always yeah. a great deal, you know, when you have that little fire in your ass and you just pushes you forward. So maybe it'll, maybe, maybe it'll benefit him, not just because they'll realize they get Mariota, who can also throw out there, but maybe Carr could improve upon that and instead of just maybe take that as a you know a driving factor as motivation who knows yeah i mean for sure definitely uh at least give him some push and that at least uh i mean i feel like at this point car's got to kind of know that his job's on the line but mm -hmm. having someone literally physically there might be the push that he needs to either push him up forward or hell maybe Mariota becomes the next Tannehill. <laughs> but all right let's move on keep on talking about free agents but we're going to go over a little free agent list wish list since uh the day to officially or the last day to tag people is going to be on tuesday the 10th and then after that the 16th brings opens the uh legal tampering period that nobody really gives a shit about um but let's see i'm gonna look at last week we talked at cornerbacks and i'm i'm curious so we'll start with edge rushers because that's been to me one of the uh the biggest thing or the biggest areas in the last couple of years the guy who I really liked or really wanted them to go after, and I wrote about it on Just Blog Baby, was you know Yannick Ngakwe. Now that kind of scene's off the table. Um, yeah. To me, I think he was going to be a risk at the big contract he was going to get. I mean, he's looking at 18 to 20 million a year. Uh, I think the tag's at 19 this year, which is what he'll play on this year. Um, but the thing with me that scares me away about on him is we're willing to take the has been a productive guy, fairly stable, productive guy throughout his career as a pass rusher. But when you start having to give up, you know, first, maybe even more picks that for him, and he's going to have that big contract. And like I said, he's still kind of a risk because for one, he's not very good against the run. In fact, he's pretty damn bad against the run. Um, I, that kind of just scares me away from him. What are your thoughts on Yannick? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to go too much into it because the Jaguars are almost certainly going to tag him. Um, yeah, they it's just, you know, when when you get a player like that, it's just <clears> – I definitely could see Gruden just saying, screw it, let's just, let's just try it on him. And you just need to – especially when you're looking to really, really get some more production out of that area, you know, risks like that are worth it because at least you know, hey, you're trying and everything. Um, another – hey, since you're on y Yannick as a player who's probably not going to hit the market, he's a player who also thinks probably not going to hit the market who I would 
love for the Raiders to go get after is Eric Armstead. You know, he's that guy <laughs> yeah, is a monster in the trenches. He can go in between. And if we're talking about we're, we're over there harping about how why are they kicking Clint Farrell inside when he's hardly done that? Because just because he, they want him to they're trying to force fit him into a system that isn't a part of his game. Well, at least Eric Armstead definitely can go inside and out and excel and make other players better. Even if he doesn't, he'll draw the you know the the attention. And if not, then then <laughs> good luck op- opposition offense. Um, yeah. yeah, that would be an awesome fit. I mean, once again, yeah. it's like dreamers wish. This, this is the part that kind of sucks about free agency. It's like you never know. It's like you only get a week because I think after what after the tenth or whatever, like a, nine days later, the nineteenth, that's when free agency officially hits. But you know, pretty much when it's March seventeenth or eighteenth, the day or two yeah. before, everyone knows where they're signing because of all the leaks because yeah. of the negotiation the period. Guys. Unless, but there's always like one or two players that back out every year. Every year, mm-hmm. remember last year was it Anthony Barr that backed out of yeah, a deal to go somewhere? Yeah, the Jets. Um, yeah. so I mean, yeah, it's just it's always a tough I mean, one. With with Armstead though, the thing that, and I I would totally agree with you. I'd love for them to like gam- take the gamble and go after him, partially because I think he's a hell of a scheme fit, and like what you had said, you know, he can play inside and outside, and had a hell of a productive year last year. But the thing that worries me is he's going to get that big contract, like we said, because he plays a valuable position and he had a monster year a year ago. Mm-hmm. But the beginning three or what, three or four years of his career, one, he struggled to stay on the field with injuries, and two, when he was on the field, it was not pretty. Yeah. I mean, does that worry you at all? Is that going to scare you away from Armstead? Because that's the kind of hesitation where, you know, I'll be excited if he comes there, but I'm going to also be shaken a little bit if he's uh, if he does end up being a Raider. Well, it's just something you just – once again, it's just part of the risk process, and it's mm-hmm. something maybe you want to add a little incentive deals to it of how to – you know, yeah. throw in a nice low. Here's a million if you make the Pro Bowl, and here's another extra million if you make the All-Pro. So that way you're like, hey, Winterstead, you had that one great year, but you were also surrounded by great talent. Exactly. Um, we have pretty good talent, but not near that level. Well, mm-hmm. you want you to be the leader, and then you just, you know, give him that deal. He's going to have to get it. You're going to have to give him his money just to catch his attention and bring him in. Um and I mean, you know, some people are late bloomers. I personally don't think he was, you know, he did have that rough, you know, rough uphill climb to get to where he is. And I'm not going to be naive and say it definitely what it definitely wasn't, you know, the surrounding talent. It definitely was surrounding talent that helped, you know, bring him to where he is. But I'm not going to also discredit him and say he wasn't a wrecking ball out there because he was still generating pressures when D Ford was out and everything. Yeah. Um, he definitely, you know, and it just makes sense from a scheme fit, too, also, just because of what they want to do inside and out. Then, hey, stop putting Cleveland Furl too much inside, man. It's just, <laughs> I know they want to force him to do that, but at least bring in someone to, you know, so he doesn't have to do that role. Keep him where he's at, and it'll just make everyone else mesh and everything. So, I mean, I it, there's always a little skeptic, you know, skeptic, ah, I'm pulling at you right now on how to, how, to, <laughs> how to say words. But you know what I mean, and it's just... Yeah. This is always going to be a little risk factor. I, I personally think it would be worth the risk. Why not? Maybe even like front load or back load a deal. That way, if you know, like, hey, after two seasons, he's yeah. not it. Cut it, cut, cut costs. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's always something you're going to have to just roll the dice on and see if it works. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 100% on board. Again, I'd be stoked. It's just, that's just the one concern that's going to be in the back of my mind when, you know, if he doesn't play well off the gate that I think a lot of people are going to point to and definitely make you scratch your head. But I mean, like you like you mentioned before, you know, the Raiders have been really good about front loading contracts and being and giving themselves a good out when they uh, in case the shit hits the fan. So hopefully that would be in play. The well, other guy I wanted to talk about uh, is Robert Quinn. 
I know he's going to break the mold a little bit. I, it seems like Dallas is going to bring him back. I'm still not 100% sure what they're going to do. It might be between him and Byron Jones, who we talked about last week. But, I mean, Robert Quinn had another career year last year. I mean, he had – I remember when I was doing a research on PFF, he set, you know, second second uh, his second highest, like, pressure rates and pass rush grades for them. Um, kind of revived his career. But the problem is I think he turns 30 in – somewhat coming up or he's gonna he's basically on the wrong side of 30 right i'd be i'd be down for like a two three-year contract just because that way he's gonna be 32 33 when guys like max crosby and if he develops uh cleveland farrell and he can be a good mentor for him and i mean of the three guys we've mentioned now he's gonna be significantly the cheapest i mean he's projected right now at 10 million a year um, Yannick, as we talked about, is already going to be making 19 on that uh, franchise tag, and Armstead's projected about 17 and a half. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Robert Quinn? I think Robert Quinn would be a perfect addition because you also got to remember they already got young pieces in line with Farrell yeah. and Crosby, and um, you're hoping also Arden Key finally steps up with health and production. <clears throat> so at this point, now you just need that veteran figure. Um, I don't know if Ben's, is Ben Samuel is going to be a free agent, right? Yeah, he's another guy that I think they're letting test the market, if I remember. Yeah, so, I mean, with Robert Quinn, at least, hey, you're getting a better you're getting a better Benson Miyota, so I want to bring that production, and then also that tenure. Um, I think that would be a perfect fit, because at this point, you know, hey, you can't just keep trying to look for that future young piece yeah. to try to, and just keep throwing the cash to you. You already got a good enough draft capital. At some point, your coaches have to mold these players and get them to where they have to be, and these players also have to push themselves and get them where, where they need to be as well. And Rubber Quinn, perfect veteran presence, production, great last year. Might I feel like he's going to maybe cost a little bit more than that. Uh, I know people are going to drive yeah. that age factor that he is 30 years old down a little bit. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, like like we said, a three-year deal. I mean, he might also even try to push for four years because knowing that this might be his last buyout and last security yeah, blanket. Last contract. I, I definitely could see him trying to like push that hard. And mm-hmm. for the, if I'm the Raiders, do it. Do it, man, because, okay. you know, nice. show production, why not? Um just nice once again that's the veteran presence and you just hope to god that killian frail steps up production wise you have max <laughs> crasby on there and then yeah arden key so there's already young players um not trying to say you know you outright ignore adding young players because of course you always want to develop a good core but they already have like a good decent core and you just hope that hey, year two, they take that step up, and Robert Quinn's that extra already veteran presence experience that you don't have to worry about. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to switch it a little bit on the edge defenders. We'll go with uh, just maybe one guy each for who we kind of want the Raiders to avoid. My first guy is going to be Jadavian Clowney. Oh, um, God. I already took mine. Oh, my bad. Maybe we'll, we'll see if you can come up with one in the no, next few minutes. But... That's easy. <laughs> uh, nice. All right, well, the thing with me for Clowney is obviously, you know, been a lot of hype from around him coming out of college. And, you know, he's had a good career. I don't say I wouldn't say he's lived up to the hype, but that was a remarkable amount of hype that he had to live up to. And he's been a good run defender, but he's not been a very good pass rusher, which is not exactly what the Raiders need right now. I mean, I feel like you got to get a guy that gets sets the edge and that, you know, the 21 million a year, whatever ridiculous amount he's projected and whatever he wants. Cause that's apparently the holdup in Seattle. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just, you're, you're spending money on the guy. That's a run, a better run defender in a passing league. It's just for me, like I'll, I'll, I'll pass. We'll, we'll move on and give me either of the other three guys that you mentioned. What about you? I think we'll go with Vic Beasley. Hey, you know, remember, remember people wanted to trade for him. And I'm, that sounded so dumb. Like, why are you going to give up draft capital for a guy? We can easily get in free agency. 
Um, he's not really on a, on the you know the on the precipice of his career anymore. It looks like he's taken a nice downward spiral, oh, and it's just you know especially for a team that you know hey Vic Beasley's not gonna get you over that hump. There's no point. Um, you know, free. It would be nice if you can get him on a, like a, something like a cheap deal, make it prove it. Then why not? But overall, it's just you know, there's no point. He's more of a stand-up guy. Yeah. And it's just, it felt like that year they went to the Super Bowl was more of a fluke of anything, and it kind of looks like it. I, I mean, I know I followed the Falcons since they bowed out of that Super Bowl almost every year. Half their defense, you know, drops like flies. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I can yeah. only I can only imagine. Imagine you played like fantasy football with defensive players, and you took some <laughs> Falcons, and you took Falcons defense. You'd be pissed off because everyone's everyone's freaking dropping off the wall, man. Yeah. No, I mean with Vic Beasley, like like you, you pointed out, you know, 2016 he had a hell of a year with 65 pressures and uh, 16 sacks, and he he hasn't cracked 30. Or sorry, he cracked 35 this last year with 36. Like mm-hmm. he's a, he's a one year wonder. And I mean, like you said, I mean, we talk about passing on Josh Allen and Brian Burns or maybe not Brian Burns for the scheme fit as much. But you talk about passing on those guys for a scheme fit. And like you said, Vic Beasley is a stand up linebacker. He's not a put your hand in the dirt four three defensive end like just would not make sense. And I'm 100 percent with you on that one. What about linebacker? Because that's obviously a very, very lacking position for as long as I can remember as being a Raiders fan. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember last year when I was doing my all, um, two thousands team and I was like scraping the bottom of the barrel for linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who, who can you go to? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest name on the board is pretty obvious at this point. It's going to be Corey Littleton. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing that I like about Littleton is obviously he helps in probably that area's biggest deficiency, which is covering or in coverage. I mean, he was, he's been a beast in coverage throughout his career, or at least especially these last few years. The thing that bugs me though is he's going to be expensive. He's going to he's the top guy on the market, probably going to be getting something like Deion Jones' contract, which is what gonna like He's going to be able to demand the house. Yeah, like 15 so many million. Suitors. And he is awful against the run. Like it is it's not it's not very pretty. I mean, and it's just like when you give up that much money like man, like I I get you're solving the problem, but I feel like you're going almost opposite in the other way which i mean again this is passing league maybe that's what they need but i just i worry about him as a run defender and what he'd be able to do in overspending what are your thoughts on littleton yeah you take that shot man take it i know run defense it's a nice hit but hey, if you're gonna have one or the other you're always gonna go pass coverage True. i mean who else is in this division with hunter henry and travis kelsey not saying he's gonna uh-huh. shut them down but he can be a good hindrance um, yeah. Of course, there's always the safeties who will likely be the best shot to take against those guys. But I'm just tired of seeing, you know, lack of lack of coverage. Every time there's always a running back or someone getting open. That's one thing. At least, you know, hey, no more of those easy Texas routes, swing routes, dump offs that these running backs are going to feast against this defense. You know, especially when you have to hear, I don't know what I'm doing, Whitehead. <laughs> I mean, I still don't know what the hell. He, what does he do on the defense other than, you know, like what <laughs> Chris said, legendary. He gives out what he gives out free tickets or something. And he looks dope. He's got yeah. the swag, too. He's got the ugliest face mask I've ever seen. And maybe that's why he sucks. But it's just, it, you know, please, please, it's so worth it at this point. You need, to, you need to immediately address it. This is one of those cases where, hey, not only do you need to sign a, like a good linebacker in free agency, but you also got to draft one. All right? It's yeah. time to get that core looking right for the first time, man. Jesus. I mean, just look at the top defenses right now. I mean, the Niners out there. Um <clears throat> The Niners, uh, uh, the, the Ravens were also a very good defense. So had top, top, top-notch yeah. uh, linebackers in the front, and that'd be nice, awesome. Imagine tying that in with Robin Quinn, Corey Littleton, Corey Littleton, 
and just any other it would just be so awesome to work out if they, if they yeah. were able to manage that i think Corey littleton is my yeah. uh he's like my eric armstead for the linebacker position where if they brought him in i'd be stoked um even if it is a lot of money but there also is that back of my mind where i'm like like i was saying like man like this might be a little bit of a risk but then again like as we're talking about, i was thinking about the Jackers, the Chargers just signed Austin Eckler to what another four-year deal. Mm-hmm. That guy has absolutely murdered the Raiders in two years, and I mean, gotta be in division. So I mean, I, I get that one. It, it definitely is the defense is definitely concerning, but like you said, at the end of the day, you, you gotta pull the trigger. You gotta find someone that can cover. Who the? He's really gonna cost because they're uh, just looking over. I'm just not sure who else in the hell I would want the Raiders to pick up in linebacker position. I know people have thrown out Blake Martinez, but I personally have never liked him. Um, Matt Judon, but oh, I think he's more. Isn't Blake Judon Martinez. more of a rusher? Is he's he a, more of a rusher? Yeah, he's more of like a, a little bit rusher. Yeah, so let's, I just, let's, let's talk about Blake Martinez a little bit then, because I I've always loved Blake Martinez. I love them coming out of Stanford. I don't and the like thing him. that I like about Blake, but here's the thing that I like, because he's not gonna be the most expensive guy is going to be probably a decent bargain. I mean, he's still going to be expensive because he's a free agent. I think he's demanding 10 to 12 right now as just starting talks initially. That's why the Packers think to let him walk. Yeah. And I mean, I, I 10 to 12. I mean, that's not, ter- I mean, I feel like in free agency in this day, is, that's almost a damn bargain. I mean, Corey Littleton, we're talking about 15 to 17, but Corey Littleton is better. But the thing that I like about Blake is he's had it's funny. He's had years where he's been a good run defender and been bad against co- in coverage. And he's had years where he's been a good coverage and terrible in run. Terrible as a run defender. And it's like, I feel like if you can just figure out some way to put it all together, because he's shown both. Yeah. He could be the most complete guy. And like I said, he'll be a little bit more of a bargain if he's asking for 10 to 12. Maybe you can get him to settle for eight or nine. But I mean, I, I don't know. I've always liked him. But what's what's your biggest fear with Blake? He just he's just not good in pass coverage, man. Just watching him a lot. I mean, I know there's like some little tidbits where he does look good and he's a great run defender. I just don't yeah. I just don't like him. He looks slow. He looks like someone who's not meant for be for the long haul of this game. And it's just he's not worth it. You know, just I personally just because and now I think about that, he's probably gonna get signed by the Raiders <laughs> because he just fits <laughs> that like that bulkier linebacker who's not that quick and is just hey, he's a run defender, you know. Um, Corey Littleton, though, the reason why he's going to get that big amount is because it's such a damp market for the linebackers yeah. that he's going to not only sway that because he's good, uh, but because it's also lacking. And he's also a top-notch pass cover linebacker, which is obviously where the game's going nowadays, and it's pretty much what everyone wants their linebackers to be. I mean, here's one thing, you know, me covering the Niners, all the liners linebackers were not that good in a uh, run support, I believe, um, at least like statistical-wise. They weren't as bad as, like, it, as it would say, but... Hey, if you're going to go swing one way, it's always going to be pass coverage. And that's the reason why I think if, hey, if you're going to give Blake Martinez that 12 and he might even get swayed over that 12 million per year, then you better be able to have at least a decent enough pass coverage. I just I just don't see him doing it. He's always like trying to like looks like he's always trying to catch up. He looks like that kid that's trying to catch the bus that he's late to every day or every morning. So I just ah, I, I just don't like it. I definitely would say, uh, you know, out of all the guys uh, on the market, or not maybe not all of them, but he's definitely one of the bigger risks out there. But one guy we'll touch on before we move on uh, that's been, you know, a hot name on, and with Raider Nation is uh, Joe Shorbert. Shur- I'm saying that wrong. Shorbert. I don't know. We'll figure bad. it out later. You wouldn't be bad. I mean, I, I feel like he is like, you know, I mean, he's another guy that kind of like Littleton. He's not that great against the run. 
but he is not as good against her, but he is a, not going to command as much money as Littleton. And he could be, and he has been a different, decent coverage guy. At least last year he was. And, um, you know, I think in years past he has too, but I mean, he, he's another guy where, you know, I think he'd probably be the happy medium between Martinez and, uh, Littleton where he's not going to get the, the high end money that, um, Littleton is going to get, but he's probably better than, uh, Martinez right now. I mean, I'm looking at over the cap Scott, I'm projected at a four year, $11 million a year average contract. I feel like that's be, that'd be a good amount. I, I'd be all happy with that. I'd be excited to see him in a, in the, in a Raiders uniform. What about you? Yeah, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be bad either. And plus, you know, with him, you're really looking to, you're really hoping to sign him for what he can become as well, since he is that young and he's scratching the surface. You're hoping he reaches that surface soon, you know, hits his ceiling and just develops. Once again, man, you, you your coaches to take, coach these guys up. You know, you're getting paid yeah. tens of millions of dollars. I mean, excuse me, the millions of dollars to turn these players into very viable commodities. Not just, not just. All right, I'm just bringing them in to coach them into my system. No, you're coaching them to be a football player. The best is his position. You know, sometimes coaches forget that, and some are just not able to. And we're really going to see if, how the how this coaching staff does next year. You know, with the defensive front. You know, with how those young players are, the same yeah. thing with every other position. Um, and Joe Sherbert, Joe Short, whatever, whatever his last <laughs> name is, Jesus, I'm like it's, like, it's like a role reversal today. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could do it either. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind him at all. Uh, I definitely would like him better than Blake Martinez. And maybe he should actually be the player that they go after instead of Corey Littleton, since Corey Littleton's going to demand so much. At least Sherbert, you, you know, he could be like, all right, you know, Good enough pass coverage, very questionable run, and hope you can develop develop into something. And he's not going to be, you know, damn near eighteen million a year or whatever. Yeah. Um, I personally wouldn't mind it. If anything, he should be the person you get, so that way you can get that bigger star you want at cornerback or wherever you want to address another position. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it sounds like the the consensus around here is going to be Schobert kind of be like the best value out of all of them for uh, for the, as far as linebackers go. All right, let's talk a little bit about safety. It's kind of an interesting position. It seems like, I don't know if you read this, Jose, but uh, or, but the Athletics' Victor Four basically said that the Raiders are hell-bent on making or still think that LaMarcus Joyner is going to be a slot corner. So oh, he's not going to be moving to safety. I mean, what, I mean who, who's on the market that you're looking at and thinking that could uh, potentially fill in? Or is anybody? Uh, well, I would really love them to bring Tony Jefferson in. I mean, he would be a scheme fit for what they want to do, and he's still a pretty good player. Um, he's not going to get any better, and he might have a drop-off this year because if they cut him, they probably saw that a little early. Like, hey, he, he might start. He looks like he's dropping off a little bit. You know, we don't like him at this number, and that's why the Baltimore Ravens cut him. But he wouldn't be a great – he wouldn't be a bad fit at all. I would love him to get signed by the Raiders. I wanted the Raiders to sign him before he signed with Baltimore uh, the three, four years ago wherever, whenever he signed. Um, he's not the same player as he was obviously from those years, but he's still going to be someone that's good. And, uh, he's not someone that's going to, you know, break the bank that hard, uh, if, when you sign him and that's the thing you don't have, you shouldn't even have to sign a break the bank safety because you already have a few in the, in the wings. You know, I know you said like Marcus Joyner is still going to predominantly be a slot corner, but they still have that in their back pocket that we could always throw him in there if we ever need be. And then Eric Harris is there. We know he's not. He's a starting caliber, but he's not, you know, he's not a home run player. And then Jonathan Abrams going to have his first rookie season. So you do need that extra veteran hit in there. Um, Tony Jefferson, I would just love out there just for the value. And just it would just make a lot of sense. 
Yeah, I mean, I think with Tony Jefferson, I don't know if it was, I mean, I've probably t- tied in part to his pay, but I think a big part of why the Ravens got rid of him was more of his contract than anything. I mean, obviously, if he was playing like an all pro, it wouldn't be a big difference. But yeah, I would, I'd be stoked with Tony Jefferson. He'd be another guy that I think you can rotate down and play in the box and, and kind of a key and play uh, up top too. And, you know, could be a, a good, another guy that's a good mentor to a young guy like uh, Jonathan Abram. Um, but yeah, I'd be all, all for the Tony Jefferson. I remember when uh, he got cut, that was kind of my first thought was, you know, she should be one of the guys that uh, the Raiders go after in free agency. That'd be a great site, I think. I wouldn't mind it. Um, yeah, bring him in right now. And I'm not really sure who else is going to be available that much, but that's just one head that just stopped, that just stepped into my mind. Like, oh, it'd be a good scheme fit. And then especially once I yeah. saw like Ted Wynn say, yeah, he's a good scheme fit. I was like, all right, cool. That's all I needed to know then as well then. <laughs> so when in doubt, trust Ted, Ted Wynn. So, I mean... Exactly. It's good. If I um, if I agree with Ted, I, I know I'm on point, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Well, since we're we're on the point of you know we're addressing free agency wish list in terms of need, I think it's good to address the last need that's really clearing on this Raiders team. You know, we already touched quarterback. Obviously, Brady's the ideal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we touched cornerback last week. Then I guess like the last one would be wide receiver, um, Tyrell Williams and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I know someone. I just it just sounds weird. It's like, you know, you just went after Tyron Williams last season. They're not obviously not going to move on from him. I personally felt like, eh, the, you know, I, I entertained the talks for purpose sake, but it's like, oh, come on, come on. He was injured and yeah. it's still it's just one year. Calm down. Um, yeah. But do they still address it in free agency? I, I don't know. I mean, it feels like they are. But, it, you know, considering that it's such a constant high concentration of wide receiver talent in the draft that maybe it's like maybe we shouldn't go big time on a wide receiver in free agency. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with you. I mean, there is that Amari Cooper guy though. Oh yeah, I heard he's pretty uh, good. <laughs> yeah, I've heard he's a decent player. I know that's gonna make a lot of people mad on here, but Ooh. I mean, as AJ Green I, is like the number two guy after Amari Cooper, and I mean, the Bengals pretty tagged. much said they're gonna franchise. Yeah, they're gonna tag him. They're gonna bring him back. And I mean, with Robbie Anderson, you know, it's still the same reserve for me. Uh, when that we were talking about when they were um, considering trading for him in the uh, during the season, and it's like. He is to me, he's might be better and younger, but he's basically the same thing as Tyrell Williams, who you're already $11 million in the hole for and can't get rid of at this point. Yep. It's like, I like, I like Robbie. He's a good player. He's a good deep threat, but he's not to me, in my opinion, he's not good enough as a route runner. Can't run the full route tree to be the number one receiver, which is what the Raiders need. That's what we've been talking about since AB left is they don't have a number one guy. And I mean, I think if you bring Robbie, it'd be great addition he's like i said he's a good player um he's going to be one of the or he is one of the better free agent wide receivers on the market but at the end of the day he doesn't really fill your need and i just mm-hmm. i'd much rather see them spend the money on defense and kind of even out that spending that they have that's so slanted towards the offense right now and uh, you know address wide receivers in the is so damn deep that position then try and go after a guy that you know, I, I if, if they bring in Robbie Anderson, I'd still say they need a number one wide receiver. I'd still say a first round wide receiver is in play. And that's, sure. I think, the biggest concern for me is, you know, there's just other than, you know, Cooper, who I know people are going to give me flack for that. <laughs> and A.J. Green, I don't really see the, there being a number one wide receiver on the market. Definitely isn't. You know, I mean, but they're still going to make yeah. they're for sure going to sign someone, though, just because they still need to fill out that that position. Yeah. You know, it's just who's a lock. Obviously, Tyra Williams, and Hunter Renfro. I mean. <laughs> who else? Yeah. Who else is a lock that's coming back this season? I mean, in terms of players, who I think so. they 
they could ha- they could have just to kick the tires on and say, hey, here's a good some player we can as a dead piece and hopefully be a nice contributing contributing player in the offense. Maybe kick the tires on Nelson Aguilar. I know the Eagles fans are just so done with him, but he's someone who I always saw like he's a pretty good route runner. Maybe a little inconsistent at times. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't mind him. Wouldn't mind Brashad Bar- Brashad Perriman just because he is a you know somewhat of a big potty and height weight speed baby. Yep, you all you can look at someone at. Just red zone target, you know, gets that he he runs okay routes and he really picked it up this year. Yeah, um, I wouldn't mind him at all. Um, maybe even ah man, I can't even I can't even think about anyone else. Those are just the top ones in my mind because there's just pretty much just a bunch of like middle of the depth players that you're gonna fill from from this uh from this yeah. wide receiver pool and free agency. I'm gonna throw one out there that I know you're gonna give me flack on because I brought him up last year and you gave me flack on him. Uh, and I'm going to say Devin Funches, and hear me out for oh, a God. second. Devin Funches, he hasn't been very good. He has not lived up to his second-round draft pick. I will admit that. But <laughs> the guy was productive in Carolina's last few years, um, had a little bit of the issue with the dropsies, but he's going to be cheap. I have a feeling he's going to be cheap. I thought he was going to be cheap last year, and then when I saw him sign that $13 million contract with the Colts, I was like, okay, I'm way off. No chance. If that's what he's looking for again, Mayock hang up the phone. But if he's willing to take a one-year low low amount prove-it deal, I think he could be a really good fit. The problem is I think he could be a really good fit with Derek Carr because he's that big-bodied guy that can go up and get jump balls and help in the red zone that Derek Carr likes to throw to. Now the question is how long are they going to hold on to Derek Carr? I think if – and that's and, and I mean that's probably the problem with Devin Funches as I'm talking my way through it is if they're not sold on Carr, what's the point of bringing someone in who who – you know, where I'm talking about being yeah. a good fit with Derek Carr. But, I mean, Devin Funches, am I crazy or am I... Am well, I... On that deal, no. But when we were talking last year to sign, I was like, hell no. I just just never liked the guy, dude. This is another player. It's like, why are we throwing money at the guy who... Just because, like, oh, well, we're just throwing money... Too many times in free agents, people just, oh, we're just throwing the money at him just because that's what the market pool is. Then don't yeah. do it, man. Come on. If you know a guy's worth this $12 million for over, and you're just going to pay him the $6 million just because he's the only good receiver, then don't do it. I mean, I know sometimes the hands yeah, force yeah. understand that, but a player like them who's far from being polished in anything is just please don't do not do it. I'd rather, like I said, just go for the bottom of the barrel players. I mean, the middle of the pack players and coach them up. Rashad Perriman, yeah. you know, Nelson Aguilar. Um, I said my piece on what I say to free agency because there, there really isn't that many talent, but just because for just for conversation's sake, um, what about Manuel Sanders? I mean, that's another guy that I was thinking as I was going through, you know, the list of guys who could be number ones. I mean, Emmanuel was kind of the number one in San Francisco once he got traded there and he played pretty well. He was good in Denver, too. And, you know, it seemed like at the end he just didn't want to be there anymore. Um, I mean, the thing for me is like we're talking about, you know, you're shelling out more money to the offensive side of the ball for a player that he turns 33 and you know, before the season starts. And it's so like, he's a perfect Gruden guy is what you're saying. That's what exactly. sounds like. That's so, what sounds like it. So he's pretty much going to be a Raider. Yeah, he's going to be a Raider. I mean, I, I can absolutely see Gruden falling in love with them, <laughs> but he's another guy that it's like, this isn't the number one receiver of the future that, you know, I, I like getting younger. I will take a guy like Robert Quinn, who, you know, is 30 and, you know, you're getting that on that fringe age, but 33, man, like you're just, you're, you're creeping up there. And it, it's usually a steep, steep drop off after that point. But for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy like if it's I, I'm looking at uh, his projected on over the cap at three years, $10 million on average. Not terrible. But again, it's just like I just so much rather see them 
spend it on younger players than and or on younger players and younger players on defense, then I would rather see them bring in a guy like Emmanuel Sanders on a relatively expensive contract who is basically playing for the last contract of his contract. Yeah, I definitely do not go after Emmanuel Sanders. Please do not. I mean, I know he's still a good player, but he's... And I don't think he's going to go for the Raiders anyways. I think it's the point of his career where he's going to look for somewhere where he can still get some cash and uh, play for a contender, which I think the Patriots are going to come hollering a a little bit so hard. Um, He's for sure not going back to the Niners. I just see no way in hell that's going to work. Let's put it this way. Since you're just saying I stop shelling out money on a player who's at the end of his rope. Um, If you had to shell out money between him and Robbie Anderson, who are you going for? I'd probably take Robbie. Uh, give me oh, the youth. Okay, okay yeah, the just youth. the youth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at least Robbie Henderson can stretch, and you hope to – once again, you just hope that you can coach him into being able to get out of his cut faster so that the moment he gets the gets the safety to open his hips and yep. run with him, he just cuts right under. That's always the ideal thing with route runners. and So that's what Tyrell actually a little bit underratedly does well sometimes, yeah. even though he's not really – He's got to be healthy. He's a little bit limited. Yeah, he's got to be healthy. That's – that's th- that's probably why he got it in the first place because he does do well at like hitting the e- hitting the emergency brake on a, on yeah. his speed and just cut. That's probably why he got that foot injuries because that's that's a lot that's of strain true, yeah. you know going on that lower body area and everything. So you know in yeah. terms of just to cap off this, I mean in terms of free agency, it's just too obvious that you got to build it in the draft because there's too many good players. Yeah. You're gonna have the the best available at number twelve, take them or nineteen or whatever. And I, yeah. I just feel like. Free agency this year, like no, it's just not. Just go young, yeah, figure I, it out. If you're gonna shell out, if you're gonna shell out cash from free agency, go defense. What we just said, defensive line people, yeah. Robert Quinn or whatever. Uh, you know the Byron Jones, even though I'm with it, but even still, I'd rather do that than go for someone on offense and even Corey Littleton, mm-hmm. whatever. Those three positions yeah. are obviously the most glaring next to wide receiver, but at least in the draft, you know, you can get wide receiver for very good value. Yeah, and again, this is a. This is like everyone, every analyst is talking about, and I think GMs are even saying it too. This is probably one of the deepest wide receiver classes we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. What what sense does it make to pay somebody um, a lot of money that that is honestly probably not even as good at this point? I mean, maybe the rookie will be rookie always has a chance to flame out, but as we've seen as Raider fans, so do free agents. Yeah, we only got 11, 11 more. Day, well, I guess ten more days because it, it never free agency opens the nineteenth, like I said. But it's, we always know a yeah. day or two before. So yeah, sure. ten more days, and we'll finally get clarity on this all. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. All right, all right. That's all we got for you guys this week, Jose. Where can the good people find you? At Jay Sanchez SI. Get at me, people. All right, and you can follow me on Twitter at mholder95. Follow the pod if you're not already at Sweetfly. Give us those five-star reviews wherever you listen. Until next week. Hey, loves it.